0: This episode is for you if you ever thought about breaking into or are into the supply chain or procurement industry. So
1: I'm a career matchmaker. I do help individuals who are early to mid-level in procurement and supply chain industry who do want to level up the supply chain industry. It is booming. There's a lot of demand for these type of
0: goals. Like when I think about supply chain, I think about can it be affected by AI?
1: Especially nowadays, companies are looking for people who could... They're innovative. They could come up with new ideas that could like really benefit them.
0: All right, welcome, welcome, welcome back to this episode of the How to Get a Job Podcast. This episode is for you if you ever thought about breaking into or are into. The supply chain or procurement industry. So, if you are a mid-career profession, you know, trying to either pivot into supply chain or procurement, or you're already in this industry and just want to maximize it and get to the next level, maybe you're feeling stuck. And this is the episode for you. And I have an amazing guest for this particular topic. I have Sindhu Chana. She has over 10 years of recruiting and HR experience, and she specializes in specifically supply chain and procurement. Sindhu, welcome. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks for having me here.
0: No, absolutely. I'm excited for this conversation. Uh, Obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of you and uh, you're super awesome. So uh, Sindhu, tell us a little bit more about uh, your journey. How did you get into, you know, wanting to work with supply chain and, uh, and procurement professionals?
1: Yeah, definitely. So it was definitely a industry that I myself had stumbled into. Um, based on my HR recruiting experience and stuff and then this opportunity had presented itself to me and then I just took it on because I knew it was the right fit. So being in the industry I helped so many contractors so many people get hired for different positions globally and then because I had that credibility or I had that expertise a lot of my friends friends of friends and people would reach out to me asking for help. So then I thought like, okay, you know what, there has to be a way for me to help all these people out landing a job in supply chain, but in more of like a structured way and really figuring out what their main uh, struggles are and then aligning it to their career goals.
0: I love it. I would love to learn more. If somebody's listening to this podcast and be like, hey, I don't know what, what do you mean by supply chain and procurement? Like, I think what companies hire for those types of roles? What are the type of roles? What is the career path in this type of industry looks like?
1: Sure. Yeah, definitely. So supply chain is very diverse and there's a lot of different sectors in it. There's purchasing, there's logistics, there's procurement within that realm. Um, So most all companies actually have a supply chain sector within their organization. So that could be either hiring employees or contingent staff that could be on the clients, the vendors that they work with. Um, Supply chain does go into more in depth and the different types of opportunities that that we have within the industry are like supply chain analysts, data analysts, there's sourcing specialists, there's category managers, and definitely you could go from like being a staffing specialist all the way to like a category manager or like a contracts manager, whether you are working with directly with vendors or you are working on their agreements and trying to like do those bids and bring people on board to be able to support the organization.
0: Makes, makes so much sense. Makes so much sense. Let Let me ask you a question. What- you know if I want to break into or pivot into supply chain, what do I need to know and let's say I have three to four years of experience as uh an analyst. Is there a major difference between like you know financial analyst and then going into like a supply chain analyst?
1: um I wouldn't say there's too much of a difference. A lot of the skills do actually align, so as long as you have good communication skills data like analyzation skills, you are very like on top of your game in sense of. Uh, being very detail oriented and then building those client relationships, whether it's internal relationships or those ex- external relationships with the vendors, clients that you deal with. Um and then having those technical like software skills as well, uh whether that may be um on a vendor management system or it could be like a applicant tracking system, such as like ISAMs, uh workday, uh Beeline uh field glass. So, really, you could transition into the role as long as you have some similar experience
0: Is there anything you know you know if, if somebody was applying for a software engineer position, there's you know a coding round is there an equivalent to like a coding round or if you're applying for a consulting, there might be like a case study round what would be is there if there is what would be the equivalent to the type of assessment or interviewing that you can expect when you're applying for some of the supply chain roles.
1: Yeah, so there aren't actual like so a lot of the assessments would be either more of like a personality based one. Um especially you're gonna be working with a lot of external clients, right? Or vendors. Um within the interviews, generally there the process is like two to three different interviews that you may have. You may have it with the director, with the program manager, like with the team. Um some of the skills, I mean you should be able to through storytelling be able to tell what experiences expertise you have what type of clients did you work with how did you manage those relationships um and oftentimes like i haven't seen any specific type of assessment that's like specific to the job role
0: yeah um how do you perceive uh the industry of supply chain or procurement when it comes to 2024 do you think like is this something that like that our companies are hiring for? Is there going to be more demand, less demand? Like, what do you see, you know, knowing that, uh, like when I think about supply chain, I think about can it be affected by AI? Or I think about supply chain, I think about what's going on all around the world and like the canals maybe being blocked, Panama's having a drought, and then you have the, sweet, the, the like, you know, the war in Israel and, and Palestine that's causing issues with shipping lanes. Is that type, that, how does that affect the supply chain industry in your eyes?
1: Yeah, definitely. All of those things do. Uh, there is a factor of them within the organizations, but I still think the supply chain industry it is booming. There's a lot of demand for these type of roles for people to come in and to be able to work either in logistics in um, within contingent staff, just a wide wide variety, right? Uh, definitely the the current world mar- uh, situations they do affect that, but then. Companies are still growing. Companies do need people to be, to be in those roles to help them out. I mean, one now, one way of logistics and movement may be blocked, but then they have to come up with these alternatives because they want to increase their business, right? So, especially nowadays, companies are looking for people who could they're innovative. They could come up with new ideas that could like really benefit them. Yeah. So it's definitely one of those industries that's going to continuously keep growing because. All companies do need people in this division.
0: I know one of the things that you uh, have a lot of experience on and you've done a lot, like is working with people with contract roles and using contracting as a way to get into a full-time role. For anyone listening that might not be, uh, you know, might not understand what the difference between, you know, starting as a contractor or as a full-time and maybe help us understand what those differences are and the pros and cons that those things might bring.
1: Sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I do have a lot of experience working as a contractor myself and then also hiring over thousands of contractors. So basically the difference between a contract worker and then a full time direct hire is that the benefits that you would get, they would be through your staffing agency or through your employer, like that third party. You could still, so you would be brought on as a contractor, a temporary employee that could be a temporary one month contract, three month contract, six months, one year, two year, and all of your payments, benefits, everything like that would be through your, through that organization. And then you would be subcontracted or working for another company that could be Exxon, Shell, BP, like it could be anything, Johnson and Johnson, Lano Lakes, like any company you would be reporting directly to that main company that you're hired to work for. So all of your work direction, everything comes from them. They do assess your performance, but then a lot of discussions regarding like your rates or your benefits or what type of PTO you have, that would come from your main employer who's paying you the money. And then the relationship is usually built where the your employer is paying you your salary But then there's a charge that they have a fixed amount that they're charging to that other company and they're paying that your original company to be able to have you as an employee for them. So um, and then most of those jobs, they are like at will. So basically like those contracts could could end at any time. But a lot of companies bring them on because they don't want to pay the full benefits from the employer's side. Like they don't want to pay them all those pensions, the health benefits, the stocks, all of that. So that's why they prefer, and it's a low cost to them. So there's a lot of uh, cost savings that happens.
0: Mm, That makes a lot of sense. And it also allows, you know, a a lot of them, a lot of those contract roles are then converted into full full time because it allows the the contractor to show the company like the, the, the skills they have. Essentially, it's like a longer interview process and it lowers the risk for the companies to making sure they're hiring the right people.
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah, because when companies are hiring on full-time employees, they usually have them on like a 30 to 90 day, uh, you know, temporary plan and um, or a testing plan. So instead of them having to pay all of those costs for their onboarding and things like that for those first initial months, they bring on contractors. They test them out. And if you are amazing at what you do, they do oftentimes convert you to a full-time employee and then you'll get more benefits, even higher salary packages as well. And a lot of the people I've worked with, they do end up getting converted to full-time employees.
0: If someone is interested to learn more on how to get those types of contract roles, what it, do, do you apply for them the same way you would apply for a full-time role on, like on LinkedIn or the company's website? Or, or, or where do you find those types of roles?
1: Yeah, definitely. You could uh, one way is definitely finding them on through LinkedIn, um, doing the filters and doing contracts. Or there are a lot of staffing agencies as well that do hire such as like Brunel, Airswift, NES, um, Manpower. There's like hundreds and thousands of them out there. And there's so many staffing agencies that are very unique, specific to specific niches, whether it's like tech, such as like Dice. Um, You could go on their portal and find job opportunities. Um, and usually don't, it won't tell you like who the client is on their job portals. Usually the recruiter would reach out to you and talk to you about it. And then once you do a line and you agree, then they present you to that employer and they prepare you for that job interview. So that way you're not having to do your own investigations research. The, it's that recruiter's responsibility to teach you and tell you like what that client's looking for. So um, you could apply directly through those companies as well, through their job portals. So it is the similar process, except when you're going for a full-time opportunity, you're having to do all the legwork preparation and stuff. Here, you have a support system because that company's recruiter knows what their client's looking for. So they want to make sure that they present you. They oftentimes even work on your resume and they'll like construct it on their letterhead and make sure like whatever expertise you have aligns to the company's requirements and then they'll present you.
0: Yeah. And, um, and that's a really good way to, because a staffing agency obviously gets paid by the company and, uh, and they're only get paid if they, if they place a candidate. So the recruiting agency at that point is incentivized to place you and help you get ready for those interviews. So to your point, they might redo your resume they might even do interview prep. um, And then, and then obviously the, the cost is not associated. It's not coming out of your pocket. It's coming from the, from the, from the contractors. Now, they do make a commission from, from you, like just to be transparent, they're not doing this is not a they're not they're not a non-for-profit. Like most recruiting <laughs> agencies do generate a healthy margin, but they'll they'll work with um like they'll let's say they're working with ExxonMobil, they might be like, Okay, for this role, ExxonMobil says I have a budget of sixty dollars an hour, and then the recruiting agency might try to find someone that's willing to do that job for forty dollars an hour, and so they'll make Uh, they'll make the difference. And and that's how the company, that's how those companies make money. And if XMO then decides to transition them to full-time after a certain amount of time, they transition or XMO might pay a fee. So that's kind of how like the staffing agencies can can provide a service of being the middle person because they can have the relationship. And I think the good thing about starting as a contractor is that the interview process are much shorter. Like you might only have one or two interviews and you're directly going to the HR manager. Versus if you're applying for a full-time job, because they're trying to mitigate the risk, companies will have you go through multiple loops of interviews, multiple assessments. Because if you're working as a contractor, because it's easier to fire you, they're like, oh, well, if they're not the right person, then we'll just fire them. And they're not our employees. Uh, And so there's – what I'm trying to say, if you're listening to this, there's pros and cons. There's pros and cons for both.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And those, uh the staffing agencies, they actually do get these like target rates from the employer. So oftentimes they do put those on their job postings or then they'll even talk to their contractors that or the candidates that, hey, this is the rate. Um, they do tend to ask them like, oh, what's the proposed rate you have? Um And then they'll tell them like, oh, this is the max they could offer. And then they do try to present you to that max or a little bit right below it, uh, just so they could, of course, benefit from it and make more money as well. So um and yeah, definitely it's like the interview process is so much shorter and it's not those typical like behavioral interviews, situational interviews. They're more conversational because the staffing agencies already vetted you when they're presenting you to that employer, they're sending you a resume along with like a summary about you, why you would be the best candidate. So they already have that information. And because you're coming through a third party, they don't have to deal with like really vetting you out, doing that reference check and everything, because that employer, that staffing agency would have done that. So it's like less headache. And it's like, you know what, if I'm considering you for this position, it's because you meet my requirements and I'm giving you the time. and because I want to make an offer to you.
0: Yeah. So no, so I know that you work with uh, early to mid-career professionals in supply chain and procurement. We'd love to mm-hmm. tell the audience if they if they're looking to go into that industry or they're already in the industry they're looking to just kind of level up and get promoted, um, and they want to learn more about your services. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you work with clients and what is the best way for them to contact you?
1: Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah, so I do. Um, So I'm a career matchmaker. I do help individuals who are early to mid-level in procurement and supply chain industry who do want to level up, whether they want to get promoted with, internally within their organization. They want to transition to another industry or another company, or they are recently graduated and then they're trying to like get their foot in the door or they're trying to find those right job opportunities. So I do help my clients with full. Um, It's a 90 day program that I currently have. So we go from job role clarity and we look at your resume and it's a very detailed review and we construct it. We make sure it aligns to those job descriptions. We really look at your LinkedIn profile, make sure it's optimized in every single section. And we talk about networking, connecting with other people and building those long lasting relationships. So how do you approach people? Where do you you find those people? And what type of messages should you be sending? we even go through like interviews, interview preparation. So let's say you have an interview coming up, we would get on a call, we would review the details together, I give you very constructive feedback. And then also, let's say you have an offer, we go over the what benefits, what package are they proposing the employer, and then we work around that and see like, what else can you ask for not just the salary, right? It's like all these additional benefits. So we really dig uh, deep into that. And then I help you get set up for the first 90 days success as well. Once you have that offer, because making sure you make the biggest impact in that new role learning and how to connect with the right people in that new organization. So I work with you very uh, in, in detail. Um, we get on a lot of those one-on-one calls and we make sure that you're getting the most out of it and you are successfully getting those jobs and reuse strategies that are, without you having to apply to all those jobs on your own. Um, so I do help my clients out in detail. And the way that uh, people could connect with me would be through my LinkedIn. Um, through my uh, through my LinkedIn, um, you can send me a DM and I would be happy to connect with you.
0: Awesome. No, I, I know, from, you know from just getting to know you and working with you that your program is really robust and you're super helpful and knowledgeable in this industry. I will go ahead and put a link to your LinkedIn on the show notes. Um, sure. And also, I, if you just search Sindhu Shana on LinkedIn, it will come up as well. But definitely just click the link on the show notes for everyone that's listening. If you know anyone that is interested in supply chain or are in supply chain, please go ahead and share this episode. Like and subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Bye, everyone.